Hello everybody, I hope you're having a great Friday, the end of a week here, and thanks for tuning in to this podcast. My name's Rob Statham, I'm with Failsafe Network. We've been helping people learn from things that go wrong since 1985, and my career has been made up of leading complex investigations, industrial accidents uh, in all sorts of different industries, literally putting an evidence team together and performing latent cause analysis. And that's what Failsafe does. We lead investigations. Uh, Right now, my preference is to train people on how to do these investigations um, for a myriad of reasons, but you go through these and you you start to see trends and the same things happen and uh, that starts to wear you down. So I'm, I'm using uh, everything in me to try and get to people before something catastrophic happens. Let's start looking at smaller problems. Let's not wait where you need a principal investigator and a team to come in and investigate something. But unfortunately things like that still happen. And if you happen to be a principal investigator, that's what I wanted to talk about today. I just had a few coaching tips. This has happened to me um, on and off where I'll help people uh, give them advice when they're in the middle of leading an investigation or come in afterwards to help them with a stakeholder meeting and talk about how they went through the process And there's just a few things that have stood out where people almost pitfalls, where it seems that they can make a mistake and uh, they don't realize how much it's going to hurt them at the end. So those are the things that I wanted to talk about, uh, talk about today. And the first is how we handle evidence, right? We want to come in and with the latent cause analysis, you're always going to start with the five items. And I'm not going to take time to go through that. But after the five items, then, we're going to get a list of evidence that we need to gather. And uh, evidence is like dry ice. It wants to evaporate. So you have to move quickly. But at the same time, you have to gather it all. And then you have to soak in it. You have to digest it. You have to understand it. Well, many times people get caught up in moving quickly and then they're part of losing the evidence. We don't want to lose evidence. We want to uh, think of it like you're casting a net in a lake. You want to get as many fish in that net as you can. Don't worry about it if it's the type of fish you're looking for. You can sort it out later when you're at the shore. But the problem is when you try and pick and choose while you're out there, you'll lose evidence. So so come up with a list and go out with, with a net and start gathering. You'll do this. There'll be three forms of evidence. I like to have three evidence gatherers lead these teams. Uh, there's one for people, one for physical, and one for paper. And we do that so you remember the three P's, uh, which isn't conducive when you're doing a podcast. P's tend to pop, but uh, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, but paper obviously are our records, right? They can be electronic. They don't actually have to be on paper. 
And they're in that order because of the way evidence evaporates. People are the most precious form of evidence we have, and that's the one, as a principal investigator, you want to make sure you're not losing people evidence. Uh, and I wanted to talk just a little bit about that. That's one thing that I've noticed uh, the first few times people go to lead an investigation when they come up with a list of people, and I don't know if it's to save time or what the motivation is. It may be different in, at different times. But it's critical if you're going to talk to people that were involved in an incident, you want to talk to people that were involved, uh, eyewitnesses first, and then work your way out kind of in layers. I'll, I'll want to talk to the safety people, to the plant manager. I may even talk to the gate guard, even if they weren't witnesses to it. But I'll do those later, right? I want to get to the people that were there when it happened, whatever it was. If, if a pump blew up or caught on fire, uh, we want to talk to those people first. And what's very important, they're, they're going to be nervous, right? I mean, you should know this. They're going to be nervous. This is a big profile. So they brought people in from the outside or at least further out in their plant or higher up the org chart than they're used to. And now you want to talk to them about something that went wrong. They're going to be nervous. You should tell them the object of this is not to blame, which most principal investigators get that right off the bat, right? This isn't about retribution. This is all about learning, and that's what it should always be about. And I talk about that a whole bunch on other podcasts. But then you need to understand what they saw, what they heard, what they felt, what, what they absorbed. Really, people are like sponges. Our senses absorb information. That's why you need to get to people quickly before they start contaminating what they've absorbed by talking to each other. So, to do that, you want to sit down one-on-one -on -one where they're comfortable. If they work in a shop, catch them in the shop. But get him one-on-one. -on -one. You don't want to talk to someone where he has five other people standing around listening to him and listening to what he's saying. He'll be very uncomfortable, and you will too. If you feel uncomfortable, the person you're interviewing probably feels uncomfortable. And all I do is take a small notebook with me. I don't like laptops. I never use a recording device. These are all tips for you. Never use a recording device you instantly will filter what people will say. They'll, they'll feel like they're being uh, uh, put on trial rather than someone trying to probe and see what they, what they experienced. That's all you're going for. So those are a few things that I've noticed. People have a tendency to try to interview multiple people at once. Terrible idea. Don't do it. No matter how much time you think you're going to save, please don't do it. You will regret it uh, when, the, when the stakeholder meter, meeting comes around. And uh, the other thing um, that people, it seems they have a tendency to, to want to do also, is they, they want to go, well, you were here the night the pump caught on fire. What happened? There's not necessarily anything wrong with that. Uh, 
in my opinion, there's something wrong with it. I would never do that, right? You, you want to start off introducing yourself, build just a little rapport so they know who you are. And then I love to get people on a timeline. I always start with how long have you worked here? They may say six months. They may say 36 years. Start on a timeline somewhere and have them talk what did they do here? What did you do in this job? Have you always been in this job? And let them talk. You don't have to ask a bunch of questions other than, and then what? Let them talk their way up to the night the pump caught on fire and talk through it. And if you have questions, you can probe. And then always finish with... Um, What's it like being you? If I were to put myself in your shoes, if we switched for a day and I did your job, what would that be like for me? And it helps people think about uh, their job from a different perspective, and it gives you insight into what they may be dealing with. And then I always finish the interview, why do you think it happened? And they'll always have some opinion uh, sometimes they would, they don't, but it's good to, it's good to gather. It's uh, good information. It brings closure to your interview. They feel like they were able to express everything that they absorbed. And then it brings closure at the end. So it's, uh, it's a great way to interview and you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to go to school at the NTSB or somewhere else. You don't have to be a psychologist to learn how to gather people evidence. So, and the PI is uh, leading this team, so you want to work with your people person very closely at the beginning, and then you'll help start helping your physical guy, and then you usually spend time the most with the person gathering paper and records uh, to gather evidence. 80% of the time of a latent cause analysis is usually spent right here in the evidence phase because evidence is the lifeblood of an investigation. So those are some thoughts I had about being a principal investigator and I just wanted to share this Friday. I hope, uh, hope everything's going well. I hope you don't need a principal investigator. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, if you do, uh, feel free to contact Failsafe or uh, hopefully you've been trained in our process and you're doing well yourself and this is uh, helping you. So look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, we'll see you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Failsafe Moment. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Please share in the comments. Have a great day.